lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And greetings. Happy Thursday. Welcome to the Steve Dace Show, live and on demand here on Blaze TV, radio and podcast. I am Steve Dace. Todders and Aaron McIntyre here with us as well. I'm going to warn you up front with everything we have going on as we speak right now. Um, you may be driven to self-medicate. So if, if that is you, might I suggest a healthier alternative with our friends over at Patriot Wine, imported wine from the high altitudes of Argentina, some of the best Malbec grapes in the world, also loaded with resveratrol, which is a heart health, brain health nutrient too. Uh, 90% less sugar than a lot of, and fillers, a lot of the store-bought wines you will get. Uh, This is a high-end imported foreign wine and right now, they want to offer it to you for about half the price. Get 50% off today. No promo code is necessary. All right, because by the time we're done here, you may feel like you need a glass of wine just to wind down. I go to PatriotWine2021.com. No promo code is necessary. You just need to go to the website. All three of us, by the way, we've all tried this. Uh, we've all had a bottle of this at home. All enjoyed it. All would recommend it. PatriotWine2021.com. We want to know what you think about what we think. Uh, So let us know. Email the show, steve at stevedace.com. You can like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter, at Steve Dace Show. Go to MeWe Parlor and Gab and look for Steve Dace there and get her as well. That's D-E-A-C-E and get clips of the show that are free and then free or sent free of censorship at rumble.com slash Steve Dace show. Now, speaking of Facebook, so Facebook notified me this morning that I have been banned from posting on my page for three days because I posted earlier this week that single able-bodied men of fighting age, Afghan men from fighting age are not refugees and should not be treated as such. Uh, They should be left at home to fight for their country. And for that, um, they said that violated some of one of their community standards, I guess. Now, I have to tell you, I have said far more offensive things than that. Now, just for giggles, I just went to post right before the show, hi, and it posted, so I, I don't know if I'm banned or not. Here's what, here's why I bring this up. They're clearly looking to ban me. Now, I don't care. I mean, I, I don't. The problem is some of the people that sell this show would because we have about 130,000 people following us on our Facebook page right now. Now, I would prefer none of you followed us on Facebook and followed us on MeWe parlor gab and getter instead however i don't control those decisions the 130,000 people that follow us do all right so in the future i would anticipate you see nothing from me if you if you have been using facebook as your way of interacting with us or staying up to date i would look for nothing there other than just posting links of the show for the foreseeable future 
I have too many other things going on in my life, too many other important things to deal with some Facebook fake checker, okay? I'm not going to do it. So if that's your way of interacting with the show, and that still is by far the largest content aggregator we have, I, I would anticipate you'll be seeing a lot less of me there just because I have other places to go. Here's what that means to the rest of you. Um, you're constantly asking me, as you have been for the last couple of years, and I get it, a link for this or a link for that. Like yesterday, we went over all kinds of COVID data. All of that has been all posted on social media. It's all linked there. In fact, it's often on social media before it gets brought up on this show. So the best way to provide the documentation you're looking for, I mean, I, I, I took an article from the Jerusalem Post maybe the most read newspaper in the entire Middle East of an Israeli health official begging his country to look at ivermectin as a safe, cheap, affordable therapeutic. I didn't take this from the Alex Jones website. I took it from the Jerusalem Post. Facebook banned me from my page for 24 hours for that. Okay, so it's clear that the more and more the vaccine fable folds there is a study out of israel now that shows those with natural immunity i've actually run into people who think natural immunity means people don't think they can get covid because they have a god-given immune system like i have run into people who think this that's not what natural immunity is my goodness we're dumb meaning immunity from a recovered infection of covid israel did a massive study of this and what it found You're 27 times more likely to get a symptomatic COVID infection if you are vaccinated than if you are recovered from natural infection as I am. Is that an insignificant number? 27 times more likely to get a symptomatic exposure to COVID if you're fully vaccinated with Pfizer, that's the one that they use over there, than if you have recovered from a natural infection 20 Seven times. 27. 27 times. The more this fable implodes, yesterday the World Health Organization, for goodness sakes, is like, stop doing booster shots. They're the OGs of this scam. The more this fable falls apart, the harder it's going to be for us to reach you with these things on places like Facebook. I would like to leave them. You people won't. So I have to stay on some level. Leave. Go to MeWe, Parlor, Gab, and Getter. I can send you all of this information directly at those places without any censorship. Leave now. Now. All I'm going to be posting on Facebook for the foreseeable future is just links to the show. And that's it. That's it. I'm done. I'm done dealing with it. I don't have time for it. And that's another reason why, frankly, you want to subscribe. We're running out of aggregators here for you to get our content from a third party. How about just getting it directly from us? Free of censorship. 
blazetv.com slash dace. That's where you can go to get a discounted subscription today. You can get today's overtime, which we will record after the show today at blazetv.com slash dace. Again, blazetv.com slash dace. You gentlemen want to add any thoughts to that before we get on with the rest of the meat and potatoes of the show? Well, obviously, how you laid it out, it affects how we do business here. But even if it was not a bottom line decision, it's again about recognizing the signs of the times that you live in, the Orwellian nature of what is going on. Our list of allies grows thin, Aragorn. Heed Steve's words. You want to talk about Orwellian, Todd? I mean, I'm not being hyperbolic here. I'm not exaggerating, I don't think, here. The Taliban is on equal moral footing with Facebook. That Taliban uh, leader who was asked the other day, uh, what are you going to do about uh, free speech in this uh, new um, Islamic Emirate of Afghanistan or whatever the heck they're calling it now? He said, "Um, why don't you go ask that of the U.S. company Facebook? You want to talk about Orwellian? The primary, one of the primary means of communication, the the town square of the 21st century in the West, Facebook, or at least one of the biggest ones, if not the biggest, Facebook, the people running that are on equal, at at best, equal moral footing with the Taliban. Let that sink in. Today on the show, we will have Theology Thursday. Next hour, we'll do that. Also next hour, we will check in with We the Patriots USA. They're one of the organizations pushing back in in the courts and elsewhere against COVID stand. We'll get an update from them. They've actually had some successes recently. We'll get details on that and let you know how they did it and what that could mean for those of you, the, the many of you right now that are caught in the crosshairs of this and emailing me, asking me for help. I, I, I can only do so much and refer you to people like We the Patriots USA. So hopefully we'll get a promising update from them next hour. At the bottom of this hour, I want to give you a brief history lesson. Because history does not just repeat, it rhymes. And man, it is rhyming right now. So we'll get to that at the bottom of the hour. But before we get to all of that, here is Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by About That FDA Approval. Before we get to that, a word on what's happening in Kabul, Afghanistan. As we were preparing the montage this morning, reports circulated of at least two suicide bombings outside the Hamid Karzai International Airport, where large crowds of people, including Americans, continue to wait for flights out of the country. Preliminary reports indicate at least 10 people were injured or killed, including three U.S. service members. We'll have more on this throughout the day. Now on with the rest of the montage. There's now some surprise, surprise confusion about whether the FDA actually fully approved the Pfizer COVID-19 vaccine. Thanks to some digging by independent journalists like Kyle Becker, it seems the media and the government has engaged in a classic bait and switch. What it seems the FDA actually did earlier in the week was fully authorize a future vaccine under the label Comirnaty. Comirnaty is the name that Pfizer will give its vaccine when it's available, but it's not actually available yet and it won't be for the foreseeable future. What's actually available now is the Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine, which is still under the emergency use authorization, meaning liability for Pfizer and the government is still 
basically nil. In other words, despite the FDA's announcement this week, there's still no available FDA-approved or licensed COVID vaccine. All they did was approve a future vaccine which isn't actually available. Got it? Great. But let's actually make sure by calling the Pfizer customer support line. 800-666-7248. Thank you for calling Pfizer's U.S. Customer Service. Please listen carefully as our menu options have changed. This call may be monitored and recorded for quality assurance. The Pfizer-BioNTech COVID-19 vaccine has not been approved or licensed by the FDA, but has been authorized for emergency use to prevent COVID-19 in individuals 16 and older. A new preprint study out of Israel finds vaccinated individuals have a 27 times higher risk of a symptomatic COVID infection and a 13 times higher risk of testing positive for the virus than those with naturally acquired immunity. A coroner in the United Kingdom has found BBC radio host Lisa Shaw, a 44-year-old woman, died due to complications from the AstraZeneca vaccine three weeks after her first dose. The complications involved blood clots. The Buffalo Bills' Cole Beasley, who is unvaccinated, is being forced away from the team and into quarantine after he came into contact with a vaccinated equipment manager who tested positive for the virus. Beasley has tested negative. The Australian government announced yesterday they're super-duper excited to open up something called a regional quarantine facility out in the middle of nowhere for those infected with the virus. In France, French citizens boycotted vaccine passports by eating in the streets right in front of the empty vaccine-only bars and restaurants. South Dakota Governor Christy Noem continues her tear as a Chamber of Commerce slappy, quote, Think about this. If I have the ability to dictate vaccine policy to businesses, so does Joe Biden. Thank God neither of us do. After she rightfully got dragged for that, she attempted to deflect from her flaccidness by tweeting out a video of the Daily Wire's Matt Walsh, who says she's primarily popular because she's good-looking. Noam accused Walsh of misogyny. In other odds and ends, the Washington Post published a story recently regarding the Mississippi baby-killing clinic at the center of the upcoming Supreme Court case over the state's 15-week abortion ban. Let's take a closer look at the cover photo they used for the story. For those of you listening, what we see is a dude in a rainbow-colored vest outside the clinic with the words clinic escort emblazoned upon his chest. Closer look reveals he's wearing a necklace. At the end of that necklace is a pentagram medallion. Learning Chinese today, today's phrase is, well, that's a coinkadink. And finally, this from Steve. There are 74.2 million minors in America, according to the last census. That means an American minor has a 0.00047% odds of a COVID-involved death. Last week, NASA announced the asteroid Bennu has a 0.058% odds of striking the Earth for an extinction-level event by the year 2300. There's a 12,240% more chance of sweet meteor of death arriving by 2300 than a child suffering a COVID-involved death, according to our government's own agencies. And that's what happened while we were away. That might be the single greatest data point we have unloaded on this show since we began this path. That yep. one right there. Yep. That one right there. That one right there. As you see the clips going around of the kids doing the zombie walks, the kids in Washington State wearing tethers to play high school sports, 
what's going on, the continued masking. There's another study out today, peer-reviewed, by the way, that just says exactly what the study the CDC did in May that they buried. None of this stuff works, doesn't do anything in schools. In fact, this study actually says it just doesn't work like anywhere. They, didn't, they went state to state. They couldn't find any of the, anything that, that any of these mitigation efforts did to alter transmission levels one way or the other, period. Okay, that data point right there. That according to the odds NASA gave of the meteor hitting Earth in 2300 and the numbers from CDC of how many miners have died with COVID, there are over 12,000% higher odds of, this, of, of our race going extinct by a meteor in 2300 than there is of your child or mine dying of COVID in America. If that doesn't drive home with this entire fiasco tragedy, reset, totalitarian attack, psyop, whatever you want to call it, all of the above. If that doesn't drive it all home right there, I don't know what does. You just don't like quarantine camps, Steve. Aaron's Montage brought to you by Omega XL. If you're suffering from pain, and I know you are. All right. Uh, but I'm talking about the chronic pain variety, the, the nagging pain and the, not your heart, your soul. OK, but the, the stuff in your knee, your neck, uh, your back, your shoulders, uh, chances are that it's inflammation. Look for an all natural anti-inflammatory backed by 35 years of clinical research, one that I also use each and every day uh, for my aches and pains and stiffness. Uh, it's called Omega XL. And right now you can get a bottle and a second one for free. Buy one, get your second one for free when you go to OmegaXL.com slash Steve again. That is OmegaXL.com slash Steve. We've already mentioned the Israeli study on, um, on natural immunity. So we don't have to go back and revisit that. Um, I don't even, I don't think I need, even need to add anything to the picture of, um, that was chosen by the Washington Post about uh, who's the uh, escort into the baby killing mm-hmm. factory. The guy wearing the pentagram. I mean, I mean that if I mean that is just. What do you say other than that is just on brand? I mean, what, what do, you, do you? Can you say anything that that picture just doesn't say completely on its own? The only thing missing was uh, Mick Jagger singing. Please allow me to introduce Indeed. myself. Indeed, well put, well put, folks. Do you know how many editors at a place like the Washington Post that photo went through? By the way, let's just say it's more than one. Fair. Yeah, more than one. More than one. And either... They all clapped so, like they did when Shannon Joy was removed from the room. That's that, what That's happened. possible. Real, it could be real, recognize real, yes. right? That could be it. Or it could be they're just so spiritually numb, no one even caught it. I, that's a pretty star. Yeah, yes. What's, you know what? You, you wanna, I, was, I looked at the, the comments on the original tweet that I saw that, uh, that pointed this out. And one of the comments was, guys, do your homework here. It was somebody aghast that, they, that, that, that somebody would accuse him of wearing like a demonic pentagram. Their reasoning was pagans use pentagrams as well. So it, it's not necessarily True. demonic. It's, it's merely a, an occult symbol. Yeah. Yeah, 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 just, yeah, yeah exactly. Let's get yes. that right. Yeah. Do what thou wilt. Uh, Pastor Crowley once said, indeed. Yes, yes, indeed. Um, we have talked on our show before. That what the enemy hates the most is to be mocked, to scorn it, 
to mock it mercilessly. I'm going to add this to the list of things I thought I would never come on the air and say. In my whole life, on or off the air. But here it goes. Be more like the French! I had a mom tweet me today. We're, for, we're forced to make our kids do these zombie perp walks by the school. You're forced? You're forced? Really? They, they, they came with weapons, took your children, called them away. You were completely unempowered. They don't. They still have school board elections, Todd. They do. Yeah, they have like meetings and stuff. They do. Yeah. Are you like compelled to take your child there and subject them to that? You have no options, no choices? There's no consent here involved at all? None? You just have to take it, put up with it. I cannot believe I'm saying this right now. I'd be more like the French. At least those French. The staging, the mockery, the snorting, the snottiness. The unity. It's not just like five people. The street was lined with them. Yes, yes, yes. We used to show countries like France how it was done. There's only a country called France because we saved them not once but twice. And yet, here we are. They're getting their Lafayette on right now. You yeah, know be what? more, be more like the French. Now we have gone, we have come full circle. Now uh, the French sent De Tocqueville here to observe how liberty took root in America. We may have to send our thinkers over there to discover how it might be resurrected. Steve Dace in France. Go. I, I just. I guess cigarettes for breakfast tomorrow, I guess. I don't know, I, but be more like the French. They probably have sports bars there. Is that now your destination? I, I don't know what to say. At least those French. There's, there, frankly, there's more fight out of, the, out of those French than we have seen yeah. from most of the yep. people that consume so-called conservative media in the last year and a half. Sending me tweets and messages. I'm forced to do this. Get out. Get the bleep out of here with that. Forced. You're not forced to do a damn thing. You're complying with it. You want to know who's to blame for this? Look in the mirror. Same place OJ once refused to go for the real killers. You get the government you deserve. You get the government you consent to. You have all the tyranny that you will consent to. Period. End of sentence. Which brings us to Christy No. I... I Go back like a year ago at this time. Tell our 2020 selves that within a year we're going to we're going to bury her in a plot like next to Lindsey Graham, okay? And and folks, this is why worldview matters. We're in this the situation going on in Afghanistan right now, which I'm hesitant to comment on because details are still coming in about these particular bombings. But in the big picture, I will say this. We refused to recognize the worldviews that were at stake in that region of the world. We refused to do it. 
I've talked about this on our show how many times over the last several years. We thought we could just export democracy as a process, that there weren't any real ideals or creeds behind it. It was just a process of empowering people as, as if they were, you know, machines. Given the right programming, they will now suddenly do the right things and make the right decisions. And it failed miserably. We spent 20 years looking for John McCain and Lindsey Graham's uh, 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 freedom fighters. Instead, what we have done is airlifted about 80,000 Afghans out of the country. Who knows how many able-bodied single men who didn't fight for their country and left their women and children behind. We lost. Just like we lost Iraq. We lost. Because we refused. We refused to acknowledge the worldviews at stake. And here's why we did that. Because the worldview that grants us such discernment, we're crushing that here at home. We don't possess that collectively as a people any longer. We don't have that wherewithal. You, you cannot act. A man cannot rise above his own worldview. You cannot ask a salamander to fly. You can't ask a bird in mid-flight to think. We can't rise above our own worldviews. We are what we thinketh. And so if my worldview is insufficient or incomplete, I'm going to fail. I may stave it off for a while. I might be uniquely clever. I might just be damned lucky. But sooner or later, our worldviews have a way of finding us out. What you're seeing with this Biden administration is incompetence? Yes. Dementia? Yes. But understand that what's driving it all is a demonic worldview. That's the primary driver. The incompetence and the dementia, the, the incompetence would be there without dementia. Remember, it was Obama's brilliant idea prime of his life, Ivy League grad, to unleash the Arab Spring. Remember that? Yes. Yeah. The incompetence is just worse because of the dementia. And we're a far more post-Christian secular culture than we even were 10 years ago. We're further down the highway to hell now. So because we have crushed the worldview that gives us discernment here at home, we have been crushed by the worldviews we refuse to acknowledge over there. What's happening to Christy Nome here is similar. She's getting crushed because she has no worldview. She has instincts. Instincts don't work. They only work up to a point at best. Because ultimately, you are a slave to what drives those instincts. The instinct that drove her last year to push back against COVID stance, I think we need to acknowledge it's the exact same instinct that drove her to surrender on gender madness and surrender on vaccine tyranny. Because she didn't really do this for some high-minded ideal. She did it because it was her instinct to protect her state's business interests. That's the only possible way, short of she's bipolar, and she might be. I live with clinical bipolar. So I, I know what it looks like. She could be. It's possible. So short of being clinical bipolar, which is possible, the only other explanation that makes all three of these ra otherwise random events line up congruently 
stood up bold against COVID stand, then lay down on the most obvious truth of human existence, male and female, and then lay down again on um, uh, take the jab or you don't have a job. What do those three things all have in common? Her, so maybe she has a mental illness, that's possible. The other thing they have in common is what is likely driving her instinct. She's a corporatist shill. And what you're seeing is it's, it's one thing to play in a nice small pond in the Dakotas. But you get out here into the big leagues, man. She ain't ready for the show. The crap she tried pulling on Walsh where she even got, she edited out the, clip, the part of the clip where he actually substantively criticized her to make it look like he just went after her for her looks. I mean, dude, Joy recalled and said, man, that's friggin' hacktastic. Okay? I mean, that's just, that ain't even, that's just, hey, dude, they send you, you're playing winter ball in Venezuela. Okay? That, they're not even sending you down to the AAA. They're like, hey, kid, no, no, come, come back when you got some more uh, hair down there. Uh, you ain't ready for this show. Get out. I mean, that's just, I mean, that, that wouldn't win a junior achievement award. And she's just out here face planning and embarrassing herself now, monumentally, twice on signature issues because there's no worldview there. There's none. Just a craven politician driven by instinct. That's it. I promise you. We aren't going to defeat a demonic worldview unless we have a better worldview. More in a moment. If you are a carnivore and you're looking for a great product, uh, which I have tried as well, and one that also helps sustain uh, local farmers uh, and local businesses around the country, check out Moink. They deliver grass-fed and grass-finished beef and lamb, pastured pork and chicken, wild-caught Alaskan salmon directly to your door, helping family farms become financially independent outside of Big Ag. All over the country, their animals are raised outdoors. Their fish swim in the wild. The meat is free of antibiotics, hormones, sugar, and all the other junk and fillers they put in a lot of that prepackaged meat in the meat aisle these days. If you want to give it a shot, sign up at Moink, M-O-I-N-K, moinkbox.com slash Steve. That's moinkbox.com slash Steve. And get a year of ground beef for free. And then pick what meat you want delivered with your first box. And you can change what you get each month and cancel at any time. All right. Again, moinkbox.com slash Steve. Uh, that's moink, M-O-I-N-K, moinkbox.com slash Steve. Take advantage of that special offer today at moinkbox.com slash Steve. So I want to talk history here for a few minutes. And I wrote about this a few days ago for The Blaze. And for those of you that missed that piece, I want to just kind of give you the, the Cliff's Notes version of it here. Because here's the reason, pardon me, here's, here's the reason why I'm, I'm, there's two reasons why I'm so adamant that, that we have to take action and defy and resist. 
One is because I, I do ultimately believe it's the only way out of this. It is the only way out of this. It was the only way out of this in 1776. It was the only way out of this in uh, in, in uh, Birmingham, Alabama in 1960. It, it's, the, it's the only way out of it. When, when it gets, when, when tyranny becomes this granular, keep redcoats at your home, ride the back of the bus, all right, when it gets that molecular, it's not even just, you know, I, I, I know slavery is bad and it's terrible, but I live in Maine and we don't do that here. And I don't know what goes on at a slave auction in Georgia. Okay. I mean, I know philosophically it's bad and it's terrible. And if I could vote against it, I would, but on a, on a, on a personal molecular granular level, you know, unless I'm working for the underground railroad or I know some freed blacks, I, I, don't, I don't resonate with it personally. This resonates with all of us personally. And I don't know a way out of this other than defiance to show the system that these things are unenforceable. So just give up. You can't enforce them any longer. The cost of trying it is too high. Pick another hill. The other reason why is because I think the window for... And I, I say this as someone that right now is counting down the days until I get to watch Nebraska and Illinois kick off the college football season here, okay? I, I'm counting down the days until my fantasy drafts. I'm, I've read some early reviews for Shang-Chi. I, I was never really all that pumped about that movie. Now the reviews are like off the chain and I can't wait to go see it. I mean, I love the frivolousness of getting that we get to enjoy as an American, I love it. I'm guessing most of you watching, listening do too. You'd probably like to pass that on to our kids, right? Yep. Yeah. Tomorrow, they update the rosters for NCAA football. So I can begin staying up late at night to wind down after long days of work playing that with this year's teams. I'm looking forward to it. Maybe for you, it's hunting, fishing. It's... You know, it, it's some other hobby, some other largely shallow, frivolous pursuits, but they keep your mind off of the day-to-day responsibility of being an American or the day-to-day responsibilities you just have as a husband, father, mom, wife, student. I'd like to see those things preserved. I enjoy them quite a bit. So when I warn about what I'm about to warn about next, it is not because I am eager for this. It's the opposite. It's because I can hear the train a-coming, and it's rolling around the bend. That history doesn't repeat only. It also rhymes. And I think and fear that the window is closing on us from, and when I say us, people with our, some form of traditional beliefs in what's left of America. I think windows are closing for us to peaceably get resolution. And I'm worried about that. Nothing bothers me more than thinking about that. We have a window now. I don't. Maybe we'll have a window in 2024. I don't know. 
but I, I can't, I would not be honest with you if I sat here today and told you, just, you know, do the best you can until you can reelect Trump again. We're discussing and debating things that in 2019 we would have never contemplated right this minute. The idea that we can just, you know, wait for um, uh, deliverance to arrive in January of 2025, and that's even if you can get in an honest election and win. Um, I, I can't sit here. And, and by the way, I don't say that for effect. I've got three kids. I find myself looking at them all the time wondering, what's things going to be like in a couple of years? I've had a rule in my house about no dating until 16. I made the decision. I've not told him this. But when Noah asked me if he could ask a girl to the homecoming dance as a freshman in high school now, I said, yeah. You know why? Because I am not 100% sure that we're going to be having homecoming dances at 16, when he's 16. I'm not. And I'd be lying to myself and all of you if I said we were just going to take all those benchmarks for granted. Didn't last year teach us not to take all these benchmarks for granted? And then some. And then some. So he's a pretty mature kid. We'll chaperone the whole thing. And I'll make an exception for a special formal event. Because I don't... I, I can't sit here and say a year or two from now when he's more mature and reaches the thresholds that we previously held to that those things that are rites of passages about growing up and becoming a young man or a young woman, we can I can just take those for granted as a dad. Because we're in a position, and I, I thought about this recently, about 10 years ago, I had dinner with Newt Gingrich in a suburban sports bar here in Des Moines because he wanted, I don't think, are they open anymore? The place that did the ribs, the sports bar that was known around the country for the ribs. Do you remember who I'm talking about? Starts Was it, I can't remember what it was called, but um, he wanted to go there because Callista doesn't let, doesn't let him eat those foods anymore. Mm. And he wanted to do a binder pack. Nice. Right. So we did this 10 years ago. It's in the middle of the Iowa caucus. Is he, of course, he wants my support. He wants to pick my brain about Iowa, but I want to pick his brain because he's one of the only politicians to this very day whose intellect I respect. And I got him talking about the only subject that he think I think enjoys more than politics, which is history. And he said to me that he thought that the country was more culturally divided now than it has been since the 1850s. And of course, we know what that set the stage for. And I remember thinking at the time, I'm like, hey, man, I don't know. I don't know if I'd go that far. Yeah, listen to your elders, Dave. He was right. I mean, this is long before we knew what a COVID stand was. Before, let's mutilate your children and call it a public policy. Before America's most popular cable channel decided to become a mouthpiece for cops or pigs. 
So if, so we, if he wasn't right in, in 2011, Newt is certainly right now. So let's take a look at the 1850s for a second. You know, the issue of slavery threatened to stymie the formation of the Union from the beginning. In the original draft of the Declaration of Independence, Jefferson, Adams, Franklin combined to include a statement that addressed the evils of slavery and pinned it on King George for exporting it to the colonies. Two of the colonies, I think it was South Carolina and Georgia, objected, said they would not vote to affirm the declaration unless that language was removed, so it was. But then eventually they wrote a constitution that helped set the stage for a civilization that would ultimately undo this evil. This battle waged from the very beginning. There were debates about as the country began to expand, even in the late 18th century, in its formative years, about the Northwest Ordinance places, Michigan, Wisconsin, for example, would those places be slave uh, territories? And it was decided no. So right away, right away, the majority of the founding generation that were some form of abolitionist to offended by slavery began practicing a policy of containment to try to isolate it. But now we get into the mid-19th century and business is booming Huge money to be made. We enact a series of compromises with slavery, which were really compartmentalizations. Let's just kick the can down the road, not deal with this injustice in our midst because we're all making so much money here. And we just struck gold in California. So now, even though California was admitted to the union as a free state, we're going to start exporting hundreds of slaves to the new economy out west because they'd like the cheap labor too. Abolitionists get angrier and angrier begin more and more to see they have no future in the current political paradigm. They meet in Jackson, Michigan for the first time and form a new party to combat the twin evils of slavery and polygamy. Said it right in their charter, and they called it the Republican Party. And then you had the Kansas-Nebraska Act, which then just kicked the, just kicked the, the fuse over. Where now we were no longer going to contain Slavery, we were going to let states by popular sovereignty vote whether to treat people as subhuman by the color of their skin. This led to an event called Bleeding Kansas, where literally guerrilla forces for both abolitionists and slave traders literally fought wars, like in the streets, violently. People like died. Bloodshed. One of the chief figures in Bleeding Kansas was a devoutly religious man named John Brown. Brown, after seeing what they had done to his minister, who was an abolitionist, vowed that he would make it his life's mission before God to destroy the institution of slavery. He led raids to free slaves all over the territories. He was becoming a bit of a folk hero, kind of a dark knight vigilante type. Yes, they were violent raids, but they were considered for a righteous cause. He was a contemporary and friend of Harriet Tubman, even nicknamed her General Tubman. He was a contemporary of Frederick Douglass. He was actually fairly mainstreamed for a time within the abolitionist movement in America. Until his raid on Harper's Ferry, which was doomed from the start, a freed black man at a train depot refused to follow one of Brown's orders. So he was shot in the back, the very kind of man that Brown was, of course, claiming to want to free. 
There were numerous casualties, including Brown's youngest son. Then Colonel Robert E. Lee was sent in directly on orders from the President of the United States to crush Brown, and he did. Brown was offered the chance to peaceably, peaceably surrender. He refused, so he was taken by force. He was then tried for treason and hung. He had a farewell speech that went viral in the northern states at the time. It was like a call. Uh, it was considered a call to arms. And, and, and in it, he said, I'd have done this on even a bigger scale if I could. I don't regret it at all. And he even went on to say, if I had done this for the poor, if I had done this for the oppressed, for, or, or, or if I had not done, if I'd done this for the rich and the intelligent, I'm sorry, I flipped it around. If I had done this for the rich and the intelligent, for the great, those are his exact words, for the great. If I had done it for them, you all would have applauded me. It's not my methods that you were ashamed of. It's the people I was fighting for. That was the issue. If I had done these things for your pet causes and your demos, you'd have been totally cool with it. Does that sound familiar at all, by the way? A little bit. A little bit, yeah. The political system refused to peaceably deal with this injustice and tyranny until finally it cost 750,000 Americans their lives on the battlefield. Just two years after Brown was hung. There has never been within a culture a mass peaceful transfer of liberty, property, and prosperity in all of human history. And there never will be. It goes against our nature. There won't be here either, particularly with so many people armed. There won't be here either. I fear we are being put into a corner where the peaceable system will not address these injustices, which is why we're going to have groups like We the Patriots USA on in the very next segment about how to address these concerns peaceably with the system our founders gave us. But if you think this can't happen to us in our time, it's already happened on this continent once. And at a time when we had far more reverence for the Constitution and the founding ideals of this country and our institutions than we do today. You bet your sweet bippy this could happen again. It doesn't have to. We have confrontational and aggressive, peaceful means to stop this. It requires us to have the will, though, to utilize them. Because if we don't, if we compartmentalize too, we will set the stage for a new generation of John Browns. Eventually, nature abhors a vacuum. And if the methods we were given to address injustice and tyranny are not utilized, unconventional and non-traditional means will emerge. That's just, well, science. Hour two is next. here with hour two live and on demand on blaze tv radio and podcast i am steve dace alongside totters and aaron mcintyre let us know what you think about what we think you can follow me on twitter at steve dace show uh you can also find us on me we parlor gab and getter that's where you get uncensored links and commentary here on the program as well i guess you can continue to go to facebook if you want to i 
still don't know whether I'm in Facebook jail or not. They don't seem to be able to make up their mind. Get clips of the show, though, that you can uh, watch free of censorship for free at rumble.com slash Steve Day Show as well. And then finally, if you are a podcast listener, thank you to all of you uh, for listening to the podcast. Please, uh, by all means, if you've not had a chance to do this yet, uh, click on that follow or subscribe button on your podcast platform of preference and leave us a five-star review if you don't mind. Those things help the show to continue to grow. And if you've done those things for us already, you're responsible for the explosive growth of this program over the last few years. So thank you very much for each and every one of you. Coming up at the bottom of the hour, we'll have some Theology Thursday. Uh, But first, I want to tell you about our friends over at Built Bar. That's right. We had our Built Bar just a little while ago. You know, you know, I had to go out and buy another box of that Rocky Road. That stuff is so good. Today, only raspberry cheesecake. What do you think? I think you're going to, is there a Built Bar app? You're going to need <laughs> it to organize all of your purchasing. Yeah, yes. I'm not, I'm, I'm, I, I just, I got to stop. Okay. I, I don't know if I can. All right. But I had one of the lemon cheesecake yesterday that you brought in. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Today, raspberry cheesecake is a specialty flavor available today. So if that is your jam or any of the other flavors that we talk about every day, why not take advantage of that promo code DACE for the best protein bar you've ever had? Uh, and it's more nutritious than any candy bar you've ever tried and tastes about as good, if not better, than most of them, too. All right. Built.com is where you want to go. B-U-I-L-T. Today only raspberry cheesecake. You can get that or any other other flavors today at Built.com and use the promo code DACE to save 15% off your first order. Promo code DACE, D-E-A-C-E, at Built.com. Again, that is Built.com. Let's bring in uh, Brian Festa. He is here with us from We the Patriots USA. It's good to have you with us again, Brian. Uh, welcome back to the program. How are you? I'm great, Steve. Uh, thanks for having me back on. So, Brian, I'm hoping you're going to be one of the possible solutions to a question that is dominating my inbox right now. Um, I mean, I've got people I didn't even know have my number sending me text laments. There is so much need right now for legal representation up against what we call on our show COVID stand. So tell us, what, what do you guys do there at We the Patriots USA? So we are amassing a network of attorneys from coast to coast, actually beyond coast to coast, because I talked to someone the other day from Hawaii who heard about us from her friend in Hawaii who heard about us from another friend in Hawaii. So we are out on the islands, I guess, now. Uh, we are organizing a massive, massive attorney network to take on, to create a litigation machine to take on these COVID tyrants, COVID fascists, whatever term you want to use. But uh, they are infiltrating, Steve, as you know, every aspect of our lives. They want to control every aspect of our lives, whether it's employment, whether it's college education, whether it's travel. Uh, You know, you're not going to be able to do anything without showing your papers Uh, And we all know where that comes from and where that goes. So how do we stop this, Brian? Well, we are, like I said, we are amassing a nationwide coordinated effort uh, with our attorneys. Uh, We believe we have very, very strong First Amendment claims, especially when it comes to religious liberty. So uh, I'll give you an example. Just this morning, uh, we learned that a state university 
in Connecticut, and I'm not going to name it yet because it's pending litigation, but you may be hearing about it very, very soon, told a student in their nursing program that they would not consider religious exemptions or non-medical exemptions for any of her clinical placements. So what that does to a nursing student, uh, much like the medical student we're defending in Missouri right now, <laughs> Um, what that does is it, it basically ruins your career. You've got to take a year off, a sabbatical. Uh, it's forced leave of absence, and that shows up on your resume. And you know people are going to ask questions when she's going to look for a job. So uh, that is absolutely illegal. Uh, a governmental entity like a state-run public university absolutely cannot tell someone that they're not allowed to ask for a religious exemption. That's absolutely ridiculous and abhorrent. Uh, so we have uh, very strong grounds to challenge that. Um, even at private universities, we won a battle recently, two battles actually, at Fordham University, where they denied a religious exemption to a student simp or to two students simply because the Pope says that it's okay. So like that's supposed to dictate your personal, sincerely held religious beliefs? No. Uh, we had our attorneys take action, get mobilized, and they reversed their denial, their discriminatory actions. So um, you know, we feel very confident in the strategy we've already been employing, um, and it's going to take some precedent. What it is, Steve, it's a race to the courts right now. It's a race. It's a beat the clock because if they get some bad precedent before we get good precedent, we're in big trouble. If someone has a need in our audience, and I'm going to warn you, okay? There's a lot of people in this audience that have a need, okay? I know. The last time we had somebody on doing what you're doing, we crashed their website, okay? So I'm going to I'm gonna warn you, okay? My but inbox it, is already jammed. <laughs> okay. If someone in our audience has a need along these lines, what do you suggest they do? So I suggest that they contact us, and I know that's uh, maybe – a little scary, like you said, but we're we're ready. We're standing by. We're ready to take it on. Um, I, contact us. Go to wethepatriotsusa.org or send us an email directly at info at wethepatriotsusa.org. Like I said, we have a team of attorneys. We're not in every single state yet, but we're adding more states every week. Uh, we have attorneys from coast to coast and beyond, as I said, um, and the biggest need right now for us, Steve, is funding, because as you know, all of this takes money. It all comes down to money. We can have the best attorneys in the world, and we think we do have some of the best attorneys in the world. Uh, we can have 100 of them, uh, but that's not going to mean very much if we don't have dollars to pay for this. They can't do 100% pro bono. It's just not possible. So funding is a huge need for us right now. So if somebody's listening and has the means to help us, we just launched something called a Commit to 10 campaign just about three weeks ago now where we're asking everybody who's hearing, if every one of your listeners did this, would be funded overnight. Commit to $10 a month and tell 10 people to do the same. If we got everyone in your audience to do that right now, we would have it fully funded and would be off to the races. And that's what the likes of Soros and Gates, Big Pharma, Big Tech, the U.S. government, all the people that we're up against, they're not counting on that. They're saying there's no way you guys, these little organizations or large organizations even from coast to coast that are in the United States, there's only a few of us doing this. They're, they're, they're sitting back laughing, saying there's no way you're going to get the money to fund all this and to fight us this quickly because look how fast they're, they're rolling this out. Look how fast this is all happening. I mean, everybody's talking about, you know, 
first mandates for healthcare workers. Then it was, you know, the VA. Then it was now the, the military is going to be fully. Uh, and I just got I got an email just this morning from a National Guardsman, too. You know, how do we fight this? How do we stop this? So we're going to have to take on some of those cases, too. We got to support our veterans, our active duty service members. We are a veteran owned business. My partner, Don, is a Navy veteran. She is vaccine injured herself. She got two rounds of anthrax because they lost her records. OK, she's also a former pharmaceutical executive from Pfizer. Uh, so so we we have the. Uh, we have the talent. Uh, we have the firsthand experience. I'm the parent of a vaccine injured child myself. I've been in this fight long before, for years before COVID ever hit. I was fighting for medical freedom. Okay, so we are not new kids on the block with this. There's a lot of organizations. You talked about it last time, Alliance Defending Freedom and your friend Michael um, and how they didn't want to get involved. Well, they're going to have to. We're going to need more people involved. Uh, but we have been on the front lines fighting this for years. We're not new to this fight. You know, those other organizations, I love them. They do great work, but they're new to this. They don't know medical freedom inside and out and this aspect of constitutional law like we do. I'm a civil rights attorney. We've been fighting this stuff for years. I have an active lawsuit in federal court against the state of Connecticut for repealing the religious exemption. I have an active lawsuit in, fe in state court against the state of Connecticut for their school mask mandate. Okay, we don't back down. We keep fighting, but we're going to need support to do it. I'm a big go after the premise of the argument. However, particularly now that we're talking third boosters, it's very clear there's waning efficacy from a transmission standpoint that's fairly substantial. Uh, the CEO of Pfizer said just a couple days ago that they, they anticipate uh, a variant to emerge that will elude the current um, vaccine concoction they have, and it could take up to three months for them to come up with another one that would be able to address that particular variant. So given all of the uncertainties we are seeing right now, uh, Israel's data from yesterday that showed those with vaccination immunity are 27 times more likely to get to still get a, synth a symptomatic infection of COVID than those with natural immunity. Given all the uncertainty about the efficacy and the, and the adverse effects of these vaccines, this is a case where I am all for getting as many religious exemptions for people as we possibly can to try to, to, try to slow the game down here a little bit and observe more of, of just how well these things work in real time and over the long haul what their, what, what their potential side effects are, okay? But... One of the things that has bothered me from the beginning, and I'll use a legal term that you'll know, there's been no lemon test here, Brian. There's no, no one ever has to prove. There, 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 the CDC buried its own study from May that showed that none of these mitigation efforts in schools work. There's another study just out today that showed state to state they couldn't find any results of any of these mitigation efforts. Uh, you know, basically in a substantive way, altering transmission rates of the virus whatsoever. We've got states like Oregon now doing outdoor mask mandates, even though they're one of the most highly vaccinated states in the country. And yet, when are we going to force them or do we have a legal, maybe we don't have, maybe I'm asking too much, to force them what is, because we all agree we live in an imperfect world, Brian, right? At, at some level, there is an inconvenience factor when life is at stake, right? There just is. That's just, we don't live in a perfect society. We're not, in, we're not automatons here. That being said, though, in order to navigate that conflict, shouldn't you find out if the juice is worth the squeeze? Whether, whether the efficacy here merits an infringement on people's personal liberty because I don't ever see this argued ever. They don't ever, I don't ever see an example. They have to prove that any of this BS actually works. 
Right. And the onus should be on the ones mandating it, right? The onus should be on the states and on the federal government and the companies, the corporations that are mandating this to show that the benefits outweigh the risk. I absolutely agree with you. Um, we've tried that approach. We tried that approach in our school mask lawsuit. Um, it's currently on appeal right now because it was dismissed at the lower court level because we presented over a thousand pages of scientific evidence, including uh, peer reviewed studies. We presented four expert witnesses, including, including two child psychiatrists, a world renowned epidemiologist, uh, another MD. And it was dismissed very, sum uh, very summarily, I, I think. Um, in saying that, well, the overwhelming scientific consensus is that these are effective and these are safe. Um, you know, I'm paraphrasing, but that it was really just a sentence or two that dismissed all of that evidence. And we think that's wrong. And that's one of our, our arguments on appeal is that, no, uh, the courts are bound to look at this evidence. If we say there is an emergency and children are being harmed, you have to examine that evidence. You have to listen to the experts and you have to give it its proper weight. It's not like the state just automatically gets to defer to their so-called public health authorities because they have a fancy title and a lot of letters after their names. Show me the evidence. Show me the concrete evidence. If, the, if we're not going to have courts looking at evidence, okay, if we're not going to have them giving it the proper weight, then you know, what is their role here? I mean, what is their role? That's what I don't understand. So we still do have faith in the courts. That's why we have it on appeal. We have faith that the higher courts are going to do the right thing and, and rule that, you know, the state didn't meet its burden of showing that in the mask, uh, in the case of mask or in the case of uh, these universal vaccine mandates as well. So I, I absolutely agree with you. You know, I, I just want to say something, Steve, there's something else going on here. This is what really bothers me about all of this. Someone else is driving the bus, right? Because you have almost zero liability if you don't mandate this and a ton of liability, a torrent of liability if you do. This was going to be so, my next question. Is right. A friend of mine is a CEO of a company with some, of some significance. Okay, He is amazed to see so many of his fellow CEOs out there just taking on upon themselves all the liability that you can't go after Moderna, Pfizer, and anybody else for by trying to mandate this on their employees with so much long-term data out there still not uh, realized. He cannot believe these that so many of these CEOs are just lining up to take all this liability upon themselves. So that was going to be my next question. Why are they doing it? Right. And, and this is something I'm still trying to figure out. I've heard a, diff a few different uh, theories, but I mean, on the one hand, if you are not going to mandate it, you have almost no liability, right? Because people go places besides work, okay? And besides college even. They go to restaurants, they go to movie theaters, they go to grocery stores, right? Um, kids go everywhere, they go to playgrounds. How in the world are you ever going to prove that you contracted COVID and got sick from the workplace? It's impossible. You're never going to meet any standard of proof. I don't care whether it's preponderance of the evidence, clear and convincing, or beyond a reasonable doubt. You wouldn't meet any of those standards of proof. There's no way you're ever going to be able to prove that. However, if you do mandate it, you're going to have religious discrimination lawsuits, medical discrimination, you know, disability discrimination lawsuits. You're going to have workers' compensation actions when people are injured or worse um, from getting this and being mandated to get this at work. The list goes on and on and on of the liability you're exposing yourself if you, to if you do mandate it. Now, I cannot imagine that businesses suddenly became altruistic and suddenly, oh, you know, we're, we're just doing this. We really believe in health and safety. We don't care about our bottom line. We don't care how much liability this exposes us to. No. They do care, but someone else or something else is driving the bus. And I think 
based on what I've heard, and I don't have concrete evidence, so I'm not going to start naming names until I have concrete evidence because that's that's the way I operate. Okay, um, but it's incentives and it's threats. They're being threatened to lose funding, to lose health insurance coverage. I heard at least one very large company that you you would know if I said it uh, that it, their their health insurance carrier. Uh, it's a multinational company, actually, uh, told them they're not giving any more health insurance unless everyone's vaccinated. Um, I, I've heard of uh, incentives from the federal government that will give you this much funding, this much COVID funding. If you do, if not, we're going to penalize you. We're going to find, you know, this is what I'm hearing. Again, I don't have, you know, I can't give specific evidence at this time. I'm hearing it from different companies. I'm hearing it from different employees. Um, that thing about the health insurance coverage was actually some uh, an HR uh, rep that that slipped up and and let that and, and let that um, uh, you know be revealed that she wasn't really supposed to. But um, there's there's incentives and threats, and I think they're both working in concert, and and that's what's going on here. Um, it's it, it must be some pretty big threats though, and pretty big incentives because if it's going to overcome all of that liability, and, and you know what, I think the other thing, Steve is they're emboldened because they're strength in numbers. And this is uh, also uh, something I have to tell your audience because we always say, if everybody just stood up and refused and refused to comply, this would be over right away, right? This, this could be over tomorrow because they're not gonna let like 75% of their workforce walk out. Companies aren't gonna let, aren't gonna let that happen, all right? Schools aren't gonna let that happen. If everybody withdraws from the school, that, that wouldn't happen. We would have strength in numbers. The companies are similarly emboldened. They're seeing every other company doing it. Every other hospital is doing it. Every other university is doing it. Since they're all doing it, we can get away with it too. So they think that they can get away with this just because everybody's doing it. Well, you know the old saying that, that, that our mothers told us about, you know, if somebody told you to jump off a bridge. But, you know, that's, that's what's going on here, I think. It, it's groupthink, and, and, and it's the strength in numbers. Did, did Amy Coney Barrett send them a sign a few weeks ago that they would protect them with the ruling she gave in the Indiana university case where she refused so. to even grant cert or standing to hear from students who didn't want to be forcibly vaccinated by the public university there. That's being played up in the media as a sign that they, she took that knowing where the court stood on this. So do you think that that was maybe a wink and a nod? Hey, we've got your back. And if we let if we take your case, then, you know, we're going to probably let you just forcibly jab people if you want. I don't think so. And the reason that I don't think so is because in that case, I actually from a legal standpoint and I may get a lot of people angry with me about this, but I don't really care because I speak my mind um, from a legal standpoint. I think she was correct. Every plaintiff in that lawsuit that particular lawsuit, every plaintiff had been granted either a religious or medical exemption with the exception of one who didn't ask for it. So you cannot bring a lawsuit unless you don't have standing to sue unless you can show that you have been personally injured in fact. OK, none of those plaintiffs had been injured. So I would have kicked it back, too. Not because I don't not because I want vaccine mandates. Obviously, I don't. But you have to show that you've personally been injured. That's why our strategy has been not to just challenge the mandates generally, because I think you have a very, very slim chance of winning that argument. I think the strongest chance of winning is to challenge the denials of religious or medical exemption requests, because there is clear protection, especially with a public university like Indiana University. There is clear protection under not only state and federal discrimination law, but the First Amendment. You cannot deny someone sight unseen like this case in this university in Connecticut 
not University of Connecticut, a university in Connecticut um, that we have coming up, uh, hopefully that will be filed soon, um, just you know, blanketly saying nobody can apply for religious exemptions for their, their clinical placements. No, you can't close the door like that. Aren't, don't that most states have these by law, by the way? Um, religious exemptions, yes. yes, most for colleges and for secondary school, uh, not, you know, automatically for employment, but I would argue you do because again, when you're talking about a government entity, you have the first amendment. And, and when you're talking about, um, you know, state and federal discrimination law, employment, you have, have state law, pretty much every state protects religious freedom, religious protects against religious discrimination, I should say. And then you have title seven of the civil rights act of 1964, which very clearly has religion as a protected class. So yes, um, pretty much every every employee in the country uh, and every student in the country has a right to request it because I don't know of any states that have made COVID mandatory for school attendance yet. That's coming, okay? And we'll be there to fight that too, all right? Um, but since COVID's not even on the required uh, vaccines that are required uh, for school admission, everybody, even states like New York and California, Everybody has the right to request a religious exemption from COVID for school, for college. Okay. So again, one more time, Brian, someone's listening right now. They either need help or they want to help you. What do they need to do? Go to wethepatriotsusa.org. You'll see right on there our a contact form. You can also email us directly at info at wethepatriotsusa.org. And please, please consider, because every time I come on one of these shows, like when I was on your show last time, I get thousands of messages asking for help. And we love that. We want to help as many people as possible. But if we don't have the dollars to back it up, we're not going to be help, be able to help everybody or even very many people so the commit to 10 campaign is right on there it's just ten dollars a month and then tell 10 people to do the same and then if you can if you're interested in larger uh gifts uh you know larger donations please reach out at that same info email um it we have a very small uh dedicated team that reviews those so that's a secure inbox uh none of your information will be shared i know a lot of donors want to remain anonymous we are a 501c3 nonprofit organization with the irs uh, so it, it gifts most in most cases gifts are tax deductible. Great stuff. Give those websites again, brother. One more time. We the Patriots USA.org and our email is info at we the Patriots USA.org. And oh, one more thing, please check us out on Telegram because you mentioned at the beginning about being censored and kicked off Facebook. Mm -hmm. uh, we're, we're in that same situation with Twitter and Facebook being censored all the time, but our Telegram channel is amazing. We have news and updates from all over the world that uh, my amazing business partner calls through and puts together in a news channel. So please join the We the Patriots USA news channel on Telegram t.me forward slash we the patriots usa thank you brian and thank you for the work you're doing brother all right keep us up to date appreciate you thank, thanks steve you bet bye now all right thoughts i can't stress enough and i didn't know this about him or i'd forgotten about it the first time we had him on but his background and his partner's background in vaccine injury it is absolutely crucial and it makes me understand uh exactly why they were ready uh, for this moment because they get, based on their past history, well before they had ever heard of a COVID, what I always call, tell you is the magical thinking of vaccines. They know exactly the nature of the enemy, the way they lie, how often they lie, that this isn't just about health care or uh, good intentions gone awry. There is, as he said, something else is afoot. And that's why here in this moment, heck, I didn't know 
when and how it was going to come. But they understand like I did. When this thing, COVID, came along, this was like, this is the plant the flag moment. The problem just got worse. But the it, the problem needed to get worse, unfortunately, for the truth that they know and the truth that I know to finally resonate with a lot of you. And now that they are. So help this man, help his cause. There's apparently an army growing across the entire country. It seems imminently worth it to me. You cannot, not, 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 not. Did I say not enough? What's the root, what's the Greek word, uh, root word of, of not? Is it not? Uh, can I get an, you cannot take the easy way out on any level, especially when it comes to vaccines. Do not take the easy way out. Do not quit your job, fight. And if they, if they fire you after uh, submitting a religious exemption, I mean, my wife and I now have some experience with that, not with the firing part yet, but with the religious, guess what? Um, You can at least attempt to sue uh, whoever your employer is out of business. We have to start looking at this. Brian said last time we were on uh, that, that, that conservatism has a little bit of a litigation problem. Part of that and a lot of that, the biggest part of that is because it's not well funded enough. The left litigates all the time. They litigate everything, and it's a lot easier when they're playing on their own home court because the the courts are in their corner. But it's a lot harder when it's pretty, pretty um, blatant discrimination on the grounds of religion. Don't make it easy for any of these any of these players, whether it's not uh, whether it's because your employer is just run by a bunch of spirit spirit of the age groupies or if it's just run by a bunch of people who are afraid of being penalized by the government like Brian's theory is make them make them be the fascists that they uh seemingly want to be do not take the easy way out on this the 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 other key thing there too i mean Guys, romance without finance is a nuisance. Okay, so um, if you're if you've got some discretionary income and you can donate a tax deductible gift, uh, you know lawyers don't tip, uh, nobody else for that matter typically likes to work for free, right? So the more resources they have, the more resources groups like this have, the better quality of attorneys, the more quality attorneys they're able to obtain and utilize. And the more likely that um, we can have success at this. Because this is, you know, we just had this conversation last hour. We're running out of peaceable means to do this. And this is one of the last few peaceable means. What he said about a race for precedent, I thought was prophetic. In that a lot of this is being driven by perception. And... I don't think we could underestimate what one ruling, even in the most favorable of all to us federal courts, what one ruling against a, a company that attempts to impose this, the reverberations it may have in the legal departments of all the other companies across the country attempting to impose it as well. Okay. So I'm, I'm troubled though, by the fact that he doesn't see, and and I'm going to defer to him because he's the one in the trenches, but that he doesn't see immediate opportunities 
to argue this on the merits of effectiveness. Because ultimately, then you're talking about a temporary exemption. And then you just keep bringing this stuff back and recycling it in Precise. different forms over and over and over again. It, at some point, we need to make an argument and win an argument on the merits of the effectiveness of these measures. I agree. This is what I'm talking about, the magical thinking of vaccines. You tell him, I had this kid. He got injected with this. He was a different kid after that. He's experienced that. And they lie to you and they don't work with you and they try to make you go away. That's why he's skeptical. We'll come back. Theology Thursday to close it out here today. Stay tuned. So what if the day comes that they said, hey, that couldn't happen here and it happens here again next time? It might not be sanitizer, wipes, toilet paper. It, it could be food. That's why you want to be prepared with our friends over at My Patriot Supply. Uh, up to 2,000 calories a day. That includes breakfast, lunch, dinner, drink, and snacks so that you won't go hungry in case it couldn't happen here. It happens here again and worse. They're offering it right now to our audience for 25% off a four-week emergency food supply. Stays fresh for up to 25 years with proper storage. It will be delivered discreetly. They won't send uh, the, the Scooby-Mobile with uh, food with a Doom Prepper on the side. All right, It'll just show up, deliver your goods, you store them properly, and now you have the peace of mind to know that you are prepared should it go down again. Preparewithdace.com is where you want to get prepared and get that discount. Preparewithdace.com. Again, that is preparewithdace, D-E-A-C-E, preparewithdace.com. Let's get to Theology Thursday. And I want to share a note and respond to it for Theology Thursday this week. First, let me say how much I appreciate you guys' show and that you guys appear to be genuine. And if it helps, um, you guys have really been a, uh, a big part of uh, my growth. Well, thank you. My, bubble, my, my, bubble, my Bible study this week included the account of the Roman centurion and his responses and actions to observing the events surrounding the crucifixion. And it has me thinking about my own profession. I've begun to have certain reservations for the past few years regarding my requirements as a leader and a Christian in this job. I've talked with a few close mentors and men of faith over this topic, but would like to hear your thoughts if you're willing. I'm an officer in the U.S. Army who is also a Christian brought up in a non-denominational Protestant faith where Christians worship and organize the congregation as the apostles established in the New Testament. I've recently been promoted again, surprisingly. I've sworn the oath of office over the past 15 years and meant it every time. However, the last time was 2010 at my last promotion, different times and in an age of personal ignorance. The question scenario that has kept me up many nights is, many nights is this. I swore an oath to God to defend the Constitution. However, we as a service and officer corps did nothing during Barry's tenure of crimes and are obviously doing nothing now. I see the motivations of many senior leaders are that of careerists. 
doing whatever they have to to get over their 20 years for their benefits, which explains inaction. For me, my motivation has been to provide sound training to soldiers, either in exercise design or in molding the next generation of officers. That's my current job, and I have found satisfaction in this role. Holy Scripture tells us we cannot serve two masters. So, can a Christian serve their nation and still be found on the side of God when we do things like we are doing right now as a government, as a culture? If so, what is our responsibilities? Thank you for your time and hopefully consideration. Sincerely, Jonathan. So, the answer to this is hard. And it, it won't be for everybody, but we need it to be for enough somebodies. Paul never renounced his Roman citizenship. And there was no greater privilege in the known world at that time than Roman citizenship. I mean, you were literally a superior class of human by law. You had civil rights. No one else did. You had freedoms. No one else had. You had recognition. No one else could earn. Roman citizenship was the most privileged of classes. And then your your place within that society, obviously you rose to more status. But particularly for a Jew, Roman citizenship was rare. Never does Paul resign his Roman citizenship. He uses it to its fullest potential to travail freely throughout the empire it's possible one of the reasons that he was sent by the religious leaders to go and persecute the Christians in Antioch, and that is where he had his conversion on the road to Damascus. It's quite possible one of the reasons why he was sent is because he had the Roman citizenship as a Jew, as a high-ranking Jew, to actually go to these other places that you couldn't always go to. He could go with authority, not under the cover of night, broad daylight. He would have access to local infrastructure culturally that the average Jew would not. So whether it was in his service to the religious leaders that wanted to stamp out this new sect that they viewed as heterodoxical, if not flat out heresy, or when now he's made this massive transformation that he is now one of the pillars and leaders of this sect, all right, as a Christian, in both cases— while his, while his religious identity evolves, he never resigns his commission as a Roman citizen. Ever. He maintains that status the entire time. And that gave him a powerful platform 
not just to travel and share, but to preach. It gave him an audience. It gave him an audience before kings and governors. What I'm going to ask here is hard. And it won't be for everybody. And I don't think you're weak or anything if you can't do it. Okay? But some of us here have to see this through all the way. Some of us here have to not just quit and resign and go away in protest. Some of us here need to make the system hurt. Some of us here need to put the system on notice and use the platforms we have as American citizens with privileges therein and freedoms and liberties and status and access as a platform by which to declare the truth. Jesus is brought before the seat of Roman power in Israel, the procurator's palace, Pontius Pilate. Pilate takes him in the back, looking for some way, some political solution out of a clumsy, precarious situation. And Jesus isn't looking for that at all. He's looking to see the situation through. And he says during this exchange to, to, with Pilate, he says, for this reason, I came into the world to testify to the truth. John and other members of the military like you You have not abandoned your commission. You have not failed your oath. The system around you has failed you. You're some of the best this country has to offer. I would encourage you and others like you, don't walk away. Finish your race. See it through to the end. Use your platform. Put them on notice. Testify to the truth. Don't go away quietly. But instead, so that the world may know they did this to you because of who they are. And what they believe, not because of who you are or what you did. And you made them do this to you because of what you believe. No more teachers resigning. No more. Make them do the deed. Don't make it easy on them. Make them do it. Use that platform. 
in the earthly sense, it didn't work out for Paul. He spent the last months of his life in house arrest. And then he was decapitated. That being said, despite the ignominious end, he is quite possibly the most influential human being, mere human being, that has ever lived on this earth. He is certainly in the conversation. He won. His legacy lives on. Theirs do not. Some of you that do this will lose your jobs. You will lose your commissions. It will happen. But if enough do this, if enough say no, the way that a 29-year-old seamstress said no on a bus one day, and then more and more people said no, and more and more people said no after that. Eventually, there were so many no's that they had to relent. There's no way out of this except through. I wish there were, but there is not. Some of you that have these sorts of commissions within the government, like teacher, like soldier, unfortunately more is going to be asked of you than asked of some of the rest of us because of that commission, and I'm sorry for that. It isn't fair, but life isn't fair. We need you to see it through. More importantly, you need you to see it through. To give meaning for why you took on these callings to begin with. Why you put up with orders that didn't make sense and bratty kids to begin with and unreasonable parents. Why, why did you do this all these years? All this time, why? Because originally there was a calling there. Don't waste that calling. Quitting now, resigning now, walking away, making it easy for them means all the opportunities that, that you had to you had to sustain with your own effort. You wasted that time. You did it for nothing. You're like Bill Clinton went running and then stopped at McDonald's on the way home. Remember he used to do that? Rush used to make fun of him for that sure. all the time. <laughs> all right. That was a waste. Either go to McDonald's or run, but don't go running and then go to McDonald's. Now you're just contradicting yourself. Don't do that. See it through. Call the bluff. Bring them to their knees. Don't just quietly walk away. Use the platform. Don't let the New York Times and Washington Post just ignore the fact we're heading to a, a nursing and soldier shortage in the country. Nope. Use the platform you have to let all hear. This is all, all of us are now in our own valleys of Elah. Don't walk away without slinging a stone.
Along those lines, if you want to learn more and more about your constitutional freedoms and liberties, our friends at Patriot Academy have their constitutional defense course, which is hosted at Front Sight Firearms Training Institute right outside of Vegas there in Nevada. It offers a unique combination of intellectual and physical training you cannot find anywhere else. Our colleague Daniel Horowitz has taken several trips out there with his listeners, so you've probably heard him talking about it as well. It is the premier firearms and self-defense training organization in the country. They don't just train you physically on self-defense during the day, but then intellectually at night with your constitutional freedoms and liberties as well. And yes, it is a family-friendly training program. If you want to register for their next classes coming up here in the fall, go to constitutioncoach.com. Again, that's constitutioncoach.com. 90% off the training. Now, you still have to take care of your travel logistics, but 90% off the training if you register today at constitutioncoach.com. Gentlemen, final thoughts. Yeah, let me give you the elevator speech for what Steve just said. And it's from Alfred. Endure, Master Wayne. Take it. They'll hate you for it. But that's the point of Batman. He can be the outcast. That was in The Dark Knight. And then in The Dark Knight Rises, when Catwoman says, you've already given them everything. And he says, not everything. Not yet. There's work to be done still. And you seem to be the man for the job. This was what I was communicating at the end of of the last segment as well with... Ryan Festa, if you're a nurse, what health system do you think you're going to go to if you quit now? What health system do you think you're going to go to that doesn't require this? If you're a teacher, maybe you can find a private school, but in 10 years, how many jobs like that will be available? You can run down every single private or public sector job. The time to fight is was yesterday. You don't have a choice now. You really do not. Do not take the easy way out. Don't do it. You, you can't do it. They can't stop. They won't stop. You cannot let them just roll over on you. Just don't roll over. You got to fight. Back again tomorrow, noon to 2 Eastern, right after Hall of Famer Glenn Beck here on Blaze TV. Until then, John 317. This is Steve Dace on the Blaze Radio Network.